0: Welcome back to the Gathering Place of All Nations. On Sunday, March 12th, Pastor John Irving spoke on the power of God in the life of the believer a message you don't want to miss. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Turn to Philippians chapter 3 and we'll begin to uh, get into the message i have good news for you i have an accordion message this morning (laughs) it could be an hour and a half or it can be 20 minutes glory to god i think we'll we'll aim at the 20 minute version this morning amen then we'll have communion (laughs) and this verse is the verse that's been on my heart and also i'd like to uh Let the worship team know that we would love you to come back up and sing that song for communion, more power, more love, more power. That song's been on my heart all week. It was one of my favorite. Now I have a couple of new favorites that probably most of you haven't heard. Um, I've been captivated. Anybody heard that new song that's out there? I mean, it's everywhere right now on social media. And the other one is uh, The Overflow. And both of them, they're sung down in Asbury, the revival, and they're being sung everywhere. And I'm listening to them all the time, but the song, uh, an older song, More Power, More Love, or The Other Way Around, is really, really powerful. And we'll sing that, Dave. Wasn't, a, wasn't the worship great? It's Awesome. In uh, Philippians chapter 3, we're going to focus in on verse 10, all right, but let me just uh, say a couple of other verses here. In chapter uh, in chapter 3, verse 3, it says that, uh, for we are the true circumcision, who worship in the Spirit of God, and glory in Christ Jesus, and put no confidence in the flesh and our own abilities our own strength and he goes on he talks about his pedigree as a, as a pharisee and uh, he considers it dung he says all right uh, verse seven but whatever things were gained to me all his degrees all his training in in religious uh, uh, academics those things which I have counted as lost for the sake of Christ. And now he even makes it even stronger in verse 8. More than that, I count all things to be lost in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them as rubbish. Uh, King James uses the polite word dung, all right? In order that I might gain Christ. In other words, uh, having a relationship with Christ is more important than money, prestige, degrees, uh, fame, fortune, uh, recognition, all right? Uh, Knowing Christ is the most important thing to Paul, And he had all the other attributes. And he said, I I just consider them as dung, as rubbish, so that he could be found in him in verse 9. And then we have this verse that we're going to focus in on that I might know him. Three things that I might know him and the power of his resurrection. And thirdly, the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. So we're going to unpack that verse, and we'll come back and finish the next three verses here later. But the word know, to know him. Do we really know him? First of all, if you want to know him, you have to receive him as your Lord and Savior. Uh, Anna... And Leo came from a Catholic background. And they, through Danny, isn't Danny awesome? Come on now. <laughs> uh It's a long, wonderful story. They've shared it many times. But they came to know Jesus. And then they began attending one or two other churches. And then they came here five years ago. Um, but... And I love the church. I love all churches. I want to say this very carefully. I love the Catholic, the United, the Anglican, the Baptist. I believe there's real and genuine believers in every one of those churches. And I don't believe we have a handle on everything here. I believe other churches got a handle more in some areas perhaps than we do. All right? So I want to make that very clear. This is not a prideful statement. All right? Uh, in the sense that we're the only church around no, there's cornerstone down the road. There is Baptist churches, there's Methodist, we, Lutheran. there are some great churches in our region, New York region, many of them in Newmarket, Aurora, and beyond. They're, they're, so uh, that being said, uh, when I grew up, I went to an Anglican church, confirmed an Anglican church, and I went for my confirmation classes. and this is and, and I, and I love the church. Uh, I I slipped away after confirmation because they didn't teach me how to know Christ. It was a religious activity rather than a personal intimacy with God. And when I became 26, I found Christ, and my life has been changed ever since. Along with many of you, and if you don't know Christ in that intimate way, the word "know" in the uh, Hebrew language is kinoso. and what that word is, it's for intimacy between a husband and a wife. The Bible says Abraham knew Sarah in the King James it means he had intimate relationships with her and then the begetting started (laughs) all right and and so god wants us to know him that's the first thing the first thing we need to do is surrender our lives to jesus that's the first step before we receive the power and then the third thing is the fellowship of his sufferings all right and so we need to know christ the second one we're going to spend a little bit of time on is the power of his resurrection. If you go to uh, um, Romans chapter 8, and it says this. Praise God. It does say it in here. Here it is, verse 11. But if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, when we know him, the Spirit of God dwells in us, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who indwells you. All right, uh, 2 Timothy 1.7, it says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear or timidity. That sounds like Canada, timidity. All right, not all Canadians, but uh, we're not bold and brash like the Americans, and maybe that's a, that's a good thing, but uh, it also can be a, um, a difficult thing. For us to really walk in his power. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity or fear, but of power. Power. All right. There is power in the name of Christ. And of a sound mind or of discipline. All right. Uh, the Bible in 2 Timothy verse 2, verse 1 finally be strong in the Lord. In Joshua chapter 1, repeatedly it says, be strong and courageous. Be strong and very courageous. Be strong and courageous. Uh, Three times Joshua, the new leader, is telling the people, be strong. And at the end of that chapter, in verse uh, 18, the people said, we will follow you like Moses. Moses. But Joshua, one thing we're asking, Joshua, be strong and courageous. They got the message. We need to be people that are strong, and we need leaders that are strong and courageous as well. And unfortunately, the biggest problem in the world right now, whether it's in the White House, or it's in Ottawa, or in Toronto, or in our municipalities, is a void of good moral honest, strong, courageous leaders. That's what we're having a problem with in the world right now. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses to Jerusalem, to Samaria, to to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the To a roar, hallelujah, the ends of the world. All right. (laughs) All right. Uh, Acts chapter 10, if you want to go there quickly. Acts chapter 10, verse 38, says this. You know of Jesus of Nazareth, how he anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power. Jesus was anointed with power, and he said to us to go and do likewise, all right? In Matthew 22, turn back to Matthew, and verse 22, verse 29. I love this verse. This verse is so Incredible. Now, Jesus is talking to religious leaders. He's not talking to this anybody. He's talking to people that should know better. People that boasted that they are the elites, they are the knowledgeable, they are the wise ones. And yet, Jesus comes out and he says this verse um, 22 29. Okay. Oh, that's why. Okay, 22, verse 9. 29. Here we go. Here we go. But Jesus answered and said to them, You are mistaken. They, they had a problem with Jesus. He was outspoken. But he is creator. He's God. He has the right to say whatever he wants to say. You're mistaken. Not understanding the Scriptures. In other words, they didn't get the fact that he was the suffering Messiah, that he was the the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. They did not understand by the miracles. They didn't understand by Scripture who he was. You're mistaken, not understanding Scriptures or the power of God. Now, we have all the power. We watched Sid Roth about three weeks ago, and there was a speaker. I forgot his name, but I remember his message. You ever had that happen? You, you remember somebody, you have no idea where you heard it from? I know where I heard it, but I just can't remember his name. I think his name was Jonathan, but I don't know. Some of you might remember the teaching. And he came out, and he said that when he got a revelation, that when he got saved, when he asked Jesus into his heart, he received all the power of God. We keep saying, Lord, give us more power, all right? And, and I understand that in one sense. There's an application we can pray that. But we have all the power already available to us. For example, Tim was here during the construction of this building, and uh, we changed the power all right, from a certain level, I think 200 to 600 amps or wattage or all those words. Um, I don't know if, if Josh was here, he could help me out. Um, anyway, but we doubled or tripled the power of this building about, about a year ago. and um, And if you have to plug in your phone, guess what? We have the power to charge your phone. All right, just find a socket. If you need to plug in the vacuum, all right, you can plug the vacuum. A lamp, all right, if you need to power the soundboard so this mic would work, we have the power available to us. All we have to do is access it. We just, all we have to do is plug in to the source. That was, uh, that was the low slogan of my first youth group, or second youth group, you know. Uh, power company, plug in. That was the name of our youth group, power company. Plug into the source. <laughs> uh, we have all the power. Francis, you have all the power. You don't have to pray for more. You just have to, we all have to know the wisdom in how to apply the power. And the power, all right, is the power of the cross, the power of the blood, the power of his name. And God has given us the power to overcome. He's given us the power to resist temptation. He's given us the power to heal the sick. Anyone sick in the room? You don't have to put your hands up, all right? But we're going to have a time today to pray for the sick, and we're going to see people heal, just like we saw Debbie heal, and Danny and Leo and others. Uh, We are given the power to live a godly life. We're given the power... To prophesy we're given the power for the gifts of the spirit they have been given to us we have the power to cast out demonic spirits this is the power that each one of us in this room has because the power when you accepted Christ has been downloaded in you all right we have the power we have the power of God to share the gospel be strong and courageous be bold all right, this summer we're going to be out in the community starting the first Sunday in the month, the street festival, to share the gospel with signs, wonders, and miracles. Um, 2 Corinthians 12. If you want to move over to there, a couple more power ones, then move on to the next. I am keeping an eye on the time. 2 Chronicles 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9, says this. And he said to me, remember Paul's thorn in the flesh? And he said to me, that's God said to Paul, My grace is sufficient for you, for power is perfected in Weakness. if you look over in chapter 13, verse 4, for indeed he was crucified because of weakness. We don't think of Jesus being weak, all right? Yet he, he lives because of the power of God. Let me just expound on that for a minute. Jesus came fully as a man. Fully as God, fully as a man. And so, therefore, as a man, he had the same limitations, restricted restrictions as we had, the same temptations. All right? But it was the power of the Holy Spirit in him that allowed him to overcome. And he's saying that we can go in the power of the Holy Spirit and be overcomers as well. Bible says when we're weak, then we are strong. And so Paul boasted in his weakness, all right? You know, strong leaders don't have to do everything. <laughs> they just have to find people that know how to do other things better than them to, do, to cover their weaknesses. So if you're not very good in administration, you find a Sheila who is absolutely incredible, all right? I could never do what Sheila does. So, you'll know the power of the resurrection. You need to know him, number one. Number two, we need to operate in the power of his resurrection. And thirdly, I'm wrapping up. Someone say amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Verse 10 of chapter 3 of Philippians says, the fellowship of his sufferings. This is one none of us want to talk about. We like the, to know him, and we like the, the power, but the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death. And in these end days, we really need to understand this one. Folks, It's not just the power that we need. We need the power to endure in difficult seasons. We're living in incredible uh, ongoing uh, trials and testings right now, the likes of which nobody has seen before. And it's getting darker and darker. In Matthew chapter 16, now let me just not focus on the negative except to say that we're in the best days the power of god the resurrection the revival that is breaking out everywhere i'm very optimistic about the future because we i've read the last verse of the bible we win we win so no matter what we face over the next few months or years all right i we win and and jesus is with us. He's never going to leave us. He's never going to walk out on us. Oh, I I, I'm, I can't wait till Palm Sunday. I have a revelation about a couple of verses for Palm Sunday coming up that really, uh, yesterday just really undid me yesterday. So, Palm Sunday, heads up. We got something cooking here. All right. God's, God's up to something here. <laughs> That's, uh, I think that's three weeks from today, I think. Um, so here we go in Matthew 16. These are, these are challenging verses. Then Jesus said to his disciples, right after he says that he's about to die, the verses 21 to 23, all right? And then he says this, and Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone wishes to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross that's meaning means suffering and follow me for whoever wishes to save his life shall lose it but whoever loses his life for my sake shall find it verse 26 for what will a man be profited if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? We need to know Jesus. We need to know his power. We need to walk in whatever situation God has, whether it's on a personal level, a family level, or a business level, or on a national level, or world level there are things that we need to know. If we know Christ, we will not ever deny him. If we know Christ, we're not going to walk in in denial. We're never going to turn around and say, it's getting too hard, and I'm going to give up on Christianity. I know lots of people that have. It's just getting too hard. Well, you don't know, Pastor, this happened. You don't know that my child did this or my husband did that or my uncle or my boss. or, or There are a lot of hard things in life. <clears throat> but if you know Christ, you don't walk away from him. You don't walk away from him. There are people suffering and, and throughout the last 2,000 years that have suffered. The Jewish people have suffered. Christians have suffered, and they still are. There's been more persecution, more people put in jail, more people made martyrs in this last hundred years than in the first hundred years of the church. And it's increasing. And we're finally beginning to get a little taste of it in North America, just a small taste. We saw it a little bit in the pandemic. But we should never give up on Christ. Never give up on Christ. If you know him, don't give up on him. All the disciples were martyred except for John. And the only reason John was not martyred, because he survived. The emperor threw him, the history records this, threw him into a pot of boiling oil. And he didn't die, just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And the emperor shaking his head, what do I do? I can't kill this guy. I was able to get rid of the other ones, but I couldn't get rid of this guy. Peter, I crucified upside down. He couldn't get rid of John. So he sent him into exile on the land of Patmos. And what what happened there? God showed up and gave us the book of Revelation. And then later he went back to Ephesus, and he lived out the rest of his life, died a natural death. Paul's, I, I, for sake of time, I'm not going to go into it, but we see Paul suffering in 2 Corinthians chapter 11. He talks about uh, beatings beyond number, imprisonments. Uh, uh, twice he was, he was uh, slashed 40, 39 times uh, in the open sea, uh, overnight uh, Paul suffered <laughs> a lot and uh, uh, David David suffered as well look at David King David all right when he was anointed by Samuel yay the youngest he's 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 getting anointed wow well his brothers didn't really accept him at that point then uh Then this anointing put a target on his back. Saul hated him, tried to kill him. And later when he became king, his own son, Absalom, turned on him, and David had to flee for his life again. All right, there's times that God, uh, that the enemy is going to try to come after us because we believe in God. And, And we don't know where. It could come from our family. They might say something. We don't like something. Uh, about your, your, uh, your walk with God? I come from a family. None of them are saved. Both my parents, before they died, accepted the Lord, praise God. But my siblings, they think I'm wacko. Anybody have family like that? All right. They just think you're out to lunch. All right. Let me read this verse again and begin this wrap up. Philippians 3. Ten, it says here, that I might know. This is his desire that I might be found in Him. I count. I throw everything off as rubbish. All their his finances, his his business dealings. uh, I'm, I'm talking in generic for all of us. All right, our houses, our vehicles, our cottages, our trips, the people that we know. All your education, I count it all as rubbish, dung. That I might know him, know him. We're going to pray. If anybody doesn't know Christ today, we're going to give an opportunity for you to know him. And the power of his resurrection. The power of his resurrection. He rose from the dead. We as Christians just take that as ho-hum, hum uh, been there, got the t-shirt. No, come on. He rose from the dead after being whipped, after being nailed on a cross, after having a puncture in his side, being sealed in a cave, wrapped in cloth so that he couldn't breathe. You know, they say he swooned. Well, he couldn't even breathe because he was wrapped around so tightly. All right? And yet, He rose from the dead. Wow. The fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death. Let's read four or five more verses here and close the service. Verse 11. In order. Why does he want that? In order that I might attain to the resurrection from the dead. In other words, he's looking forward. In our life, we need to look forward, not back. We all have stuff that happened to us in the past they either we did or someone did to us. We have regrets. We have pain. We have hurts. But we don't. We've got to press forward. Not that I've already obtained it or, are, or, or have already become perfect. You know, the only one perfect in this room is my wife. All right. Looking for a good supper tonight. Glory to God. Uh, uh. Not that I've already obtained it or have already become perfect, but listen to this. But I press on in order that I may lay hold of that for which I was laid hold of by Christ Jesus when, G, when Jesus died on the cross he laid hold of your life he put uh, a, 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 a stamp saying come and it, when we receive Jesus his life is exchanged for us that, that his death he, 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 he bore the death that we should have suffered and he's given us new life whoo Verse 13, brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind. Remember remember, Dr. Russ, he goes like this all the time. <laughs> Forget what's down here, I'm pressing on for up here. All right, press on. Lay, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind, reaching forward to what's ahead. Listen, we have Ellen and Helena and others in the church that do incredible work at inner healing. All right, Pastor Patty from our other church. We do have uh, uh, April the 2nd, just an announcement. All right, April the 2nd, we have Healing the Wounded Soul. Uh, we're going to do it on Zoom. Uh, see Pam. Pam, just wave your head hand. We need to get a sign-up sheet for next week. All right, and uh, we, this course has been one of the most transformative courses that we've ever had in the church. And it's only one because Ellen and Donna Parishon have come in numerous times over the years to help people deal with past wounds and past hurts. So I'm not saying that there isn't a place to try to deal with them. But at some point, we've got to let go of the past. We have to let go of the past, and we need to look forward. If all we're doing is looking in yesterday that I got hurt by my dad or my uncle or my brother or my church or my pastor, if all you're doing is looking backwards, what will happen is a spirit of bitterness will begin to take place. And then, uh, have you ever been around someone that has a bitter, bitter root spirit? They're negative about everything. They're not happy they're bitter. They're only, in a sense, happier, happier, fulfilled when they're complaining about what somebody did to me. We got to let go of that. We're not denying that something happened. Let's try to deal with. Let's try to get some healing in that regard. But we got to look forward, and we got to press forward. And this last verse, I want to read here. I think um, maybe one more, um, verse fourteen. I press on towards the call for the goal for the prize of the upward or the high call of God in Christ Jesus. Folks, that's what we got to do this year. That's what we got to do at this time. There's a high calling. There's a high calling for each one of us. We need to press forward. We need to go forward and believe for that. Amen? Um, There's uh, one more verse I want to read. It's in Hebrews, and we'll wrap up. And uh, praise God. While I'm reading this verse, I'm going to ask if the ushers would hand out the elements right now. I want to read verse 1 and verse 2 of Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews 12, verse 1 and 2. Praise God. Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside, listen to this, lay aside every incumbent and the sin which so easily entangles us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. That's a, that's a good verse, but verse 2 is where I really want to go. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Verse 3 says this, For consider him who has endured such hostility by sinners against him, so that you may not grow weary and lose heart. There's more I could read. There's more in the word, but I'm gonna stop right there. And let's bow our heads. Lord, I pray for each and every person here. Father, we heard the testimony of Anna and Debbie. We heard the joy of the Lord on Victoria. We, we, We entered into your presence during the worship time. Father, your word is true. Lord, that we would know him. Right now I'm going to pray. I would like everybody to say this prayer, but if you're saying this for the first time, or maybe you're saying this for the first time in a long time, come and talk to me. Come and talk to Victoria. Come and talk to anyone that's nearby or up here at the altar. And let's say this prayer. We want to know him. We need to... Receive him as Lord and Savior. So let's everybody say this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, oh, you can do better than that. Lord Jesus, that's it. Forgive me of my sin. I'm sorry. I acknowledge you as Lord and Savior. I believe you died and you rose from the dead and that you're coming back soon I want to be in right relationship with you come into my heart let me know you really know you intimately fill me with your Holy Spirit that I might receive the power of your resurrection to live a holy life, to preach the gospel, to transform other people's lives. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. If you said that prayer, please come and talk to me afterwards, if that's the first time you said it, or the first time in a long time. I just pray a blessing on each and every person. Thanks for listening. We want you to experience all of what God has for you. Make sure to visit us in person and check out tgpoa.com for info on us. We hope to see you soon.